Well, I would like to begin uh, this morning by asking you a question. And I want to ask the question, have you noticed how offended everybody is these days? Have you noticed how offended people are these days? I mean, people get really offended. They get angry. And it just seems that every time I turn around, people are complaining about things, complaining about everything. In fact, this past week on the radio, I heard this statistic. The, uh, stu- there was a study that was done, and the study said that for every conversation that people are in, they are complaining one minute for each of those conversations. So if you think about that, for every conversation you have, there's one minute of complaint happening within each of those conversations. And I'm just thinking, wow, that's a lot of complaining. Right? That's what the studies share. It shared that there's that much complaining going on in the world. And, and the world just seems to be on edge. It seems that everyone is offended by something more times than I can care to even count. In these last few years, I have sat back and I've thought, how are we going to get through all of this? How are we going to get through this mess of a world that we live in? And so for the next four weeks, Pastor Jane and I, we're going to deal with this topic of offense being offended and what we can do about it as people of faith. Now, before we start looking out there at all the people who are offended and all the folks that are angry out in the world, I really want us to be clear that that a lot of times it's the Christians in this world who just seem to be the most angry and the most offended. We're the ones that tend to hold this really big grudge against other people and against the world. Have you noticed that? Why do you think that is? Why is it that Christians are so offended? A few weeks back, I was in a meeting. It was a meeting of community leaders, and we were talking about things that we could do to come together and help uh, people heal, to help promote self-healing and and help people to grow. And so uh, for most of the meeting, I just sat back and I listened. I was listening to all the the really wonderful voices that were sharing around the table. And the facilitator of the group was our good friend, Mark Dinglison from CUMAC. And Mark was facilitating the group, and at the end of the conversation, he kind of looked at me and said, Doug, I'd, I'd really love you to weigh in. Would you be willing to share here? And, and I said, folks, I don't know if what I have to say would surprise any of you in this group, but the church has a reputation of being uh, angry. The church has a reputation of being hypocritical and, and, and complaining a lot of times. And, and in fact, I said to them, I said, I think that the truth is that a lot of times that that, that idea of what the church is, is is actually warranted at times because the church has been hypocritical and angry and, and we're not always loving and we're not always helpful, I said. But my goal in working with this group, as I said to them and, and I share with you, my goal in working with this group is that we can change all that, that, that going forward we can change that perception. My hope is that uh, I want people to associate the church not with holding grudges but helping people lay down their grudges. Now, the church historically has been on the front lines of loving people because God is love. And I said, it's time for us to pick up that mantle once again. That is my hope uh, for God's church in the future. And if we're going to make a lasting impression on the world around around us, we have to stop being offended. And we have to start being more loving. We have to start realizing that the blessings that God has given to us are for us to have and to use and to hold. And we have to stop trying to fight and and nickel and dime and fight for scraps of attention and power. It is time for the church to be the church that God created us to be, to be more loving, to be more open in that way. 
So here's what I'm going to ask myself, and here's what I'm going to ask you uh, to think about over the course of the next several weeks. As you're listening to this, going forward from this day onward, will you accept the mindset that we can live an unoffendable life? Will you accept the belief, will you accept the statement that you can live a life that is unoffendable? Will you believe that? Will you hold on to that? Now this term, unoffendable, this isn't mine. This term is actually, this, this whole series of, of being offended, I'm taking from something that I heard from Pastor Craig Rochelle, and he took it out of a book that he read uh, by Brent Henson. It's Brent's term, unoffended, uh, and unoffendable, being unoffendable. That was the title of his book. But the truth is, that if anyone's going to be able to live an unoffendable life, it's going to be the people who follow in the ways of Jesus. It's going to be us. You can be unoffendable. Now, when you hear that, you might hear me say, yeah, right, Pastor Doug. Uh, Pastor Doug, you, you don't know the people in my life. You don't know my family, right? You don't know the people that I answer to. You don't know the people in my neighborhood. I mean, these people are crazy, Pastor Doug. Or maybe you're saying to yourself, you're saying, Pastor Doug, you, you don't understand, though. I've been hurt. You don't know the hurt that I've experienced and the pain that someone has caused me. I've been cut deep, and there are wounds, and there are scars that I carry around with me to this very day. I was cut deep, and I was hurt, and I'm in pain. And to that I say, you're right. You're right. I, I don't know what you're carrying. I don't know how you've been hurt in the past. I don't know the people who have hurt you. I don't know the baggage that you are carrying around in this life, but I do know my own life. I, I do know my own life. I know the people in my life. I know the, the, the things that I've experienced. I know the ways that I have been offended, and I know that I'm easily offended. I know that I can be easily offended, and that like you, when I'm offended, I really only have two options. I can pick up that offense and carry it around with me, or I can learn to lay it down and let it go. Those are the only two options available to us when we've been offended. We can pick it up and hold on to it, or we can learn to let it go. And what I'm hoping over the next several weeks is that we will learn to let it go, that we'll learn what to do when we are offended and how we can live unoffended lives. So before we go any further, I'd like to pray for us and to just lift up our entire series in prayer. So would you pray with me? Uh, Heavenly Father, I pray for this time. I pray for this message series. I pray for all of us as we are wrestling. Even now, we are wrestling internally with this concept of being unoffendable people and what we can do about that. So Lord, I pray that you would reveal to us through your scripture, through your word, uh, how we can do that. And pray this today in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, friends, today we're going to look at two verses from the book of James, uh, from the letter of James. We're going to start with uh, James uh, chapter 1, verse 19, and then we're going to look at verse 20. Now, James, the book, was written by Jesus' half-brother. James was a brother of Jesus. He was a son of Mary and Joseph, and he ultimately became a devoted follower of Jesus. And so in this letter to the church, James says this. We're going to put this up on the screen for you. It says this. It says, understand this, my brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. You must be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Before we go any further, I want to ask, can we take a poll Listening to this today, how are you doing with this lesson from James? 
How are you doing with this lesson from James? We should all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. How's that going for you? Because we live in a culture where not many people are listening. They're very, very quick to speak their opinions. And as a result, people are incredibly uh, and easily offended. And they're very quickly often getting angry. Am I right? But James says we should be slow to speak and quick to listen. Now Jesus, if you look at his life, if you look at him, you'll notice that he did this exceptionally well. This is exactly how he lived. When Pastor Craig preached this message to his congregation, he did some research and he shared it with his congregation. I want to share that information with you. Pastor Craig, he studied the direct questions that were asked of Jesus and recorded in the Bible. Any question that was asked of Jesus directly, they kind of logged it and they wrote it down. And did you know that they found that there are 183 questions that were ever asked of Jesus directly? 183. Now, of those questions, how many do you think Jesus directly answered back? The answer is three. Three. Only three did Jesus ever directly answer back. And while he was asked 183 questions by others, Jesus himself was found to have asked other people 307 questions throughout the Gospels recorded. Now, why do I find this so fascinating? Why am I finding this fascinating? Because it shows that Jesus was incredibly others-focused. He was focused on others. He was quick to listen to them. He was slow to speak, and he was slow to get angry. This is the way we can be today if we practice, if we learn these these skills and we learn to practice to do and respond to others the way Jesus did. It is possible to be unoffendable in the craziness of the world around us, but we are going to have to work at it. We're going to have to work at it. Because let's face it, anger has kind of escalated in our culture these days, right? It's all around us. If you just take five minutes and scroll any platform on Instagram or uh, any platform on social media, whether it's Instagram, social, uh, Facebook, or anything else, you're going to find people are arguing all the time. They argue about vaccinations, to be vaccinated or not to be vaccinated. They ask, they argue about masks or no masks. I hate Donald Trump and I hate Joe Biden. People are angry at whoever kneels at the anthem and then people are angry if someone doesn't kneel at the anthem, right? People are just angry. Anger is a second nature out there. Or maybe if you go a little closer to home, how many of us feel this strange allegiance? It could be to people you've never even met before, but there's this strange allegiance when someone posts about or they get angry about your issue, whatever your issue is, because we all have our issues, right? If, if someone kind of sympathizes with your issue, there's this bond, and it's a bond formed out of anger. There's something that, that you think is most important that everybody else should be upset about because you're upset about it, so everyone else should be upset about it. And it's a very singular issue. It's like one issue out of hundreds and hundreds, but you get angry about your issue And then you take it to the next level. Not only are you angry about your issue, but then you get angry at other people if they're not angry at your issue. This is what's going on. Like everyone else, we can get offended. We can get offended. But let me ask you again, how is that working for you? How's that working for you? When you're angered and you're offended, do you find that it's making you more like Jesus? Like the Jesus you read in the Bible? 
Does your anger point people to the joy and to the peace and to the intimacy that we can have with God? I can tell you that if you're easily offended or you're easily angered, the answer to these questions is no. But let's look back at our Bible verse from James for just a second. What does it say? It says in James chapter 1, 19 through 20, understand this, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Why? Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Your human anger, your anger at the small offense or your anger at the large offense, the major betrayal, your anger at the opposing viewpoint or the guy who sent you some sign language as you've been driving down the parkway, whatever it is, your human anger does not produce within you the righteousness that God desires. If we're going to be able to be people that pursue the right living that God has made for us and desires for each and every one of us, we have to do a better job of dealing with our anger. The world is offended. The world is angry and we get sucked in, but we don't have to get caught up by it all. You can be more like Jesus and you can be unoffendable. And here's how. Here's how. The first step that I would tell you to do is this. Lower your expectations of other people. Lower your expectations of other people. It's funny, I've never thought about it from this perspective. I've never thought about dealing with anger like this until this week. No one's ever told me to lower my expectations of someone before, uh, before I was preparing for this message. But I can tell you that I've heard this message, I've heard this statement several times as I was preparing for this message here today. Become less offended by lowering your expectations of other people. Because here's what's going to happen. Here's what's going to happen. Someone's going to lie to you or they're going to let you down. They're going to lie to you or they're going to let you down. They're going to betray you or they're not going to show up when they said that they were going to show up. They're not going to thank you for something that you did. They're not going to call you back when you expected them to call you back. They're not going to be there for you when you need them. They're not going to remember your birthday. They're going to hurt you and you are going to be incredibly disappointed. You are going to have this experience in your life because that is what it is to be human. And when that happens, when something like that happens, I want you to hear me say the following words. I want you to hear me say the following words in your head the next time someone disappoints you. What I want you to hear me say is, what did you honestly expect? Those people are human. They're human. Have you never let somebody down before? Of course you have. We both have. We've let someone down before. We've hurt other people ourselves. So instead of saying, I can't believe she would ever, I can't believe that they did, I can't believe that he, the Christian that he is, I can't believe that he would, we have to remember that people are sinners. People are sinners, and sinners do sinful things. We all sin. We all need God's grace. People are broken, and, and when expectations are too high, they are unrealistic. And so again, let's let Jesus be our model. He was never, ever, ever shocked by people's self-centeredness. Jesus was never shocked by people's self-centeredness. He was never uh, amazed by that. Not once did he ever say, oh, I can't believe they're doing that again. Or I can't believe they're being so sinful. He knew who they were. He was never surprised by their immoral or by their bad behavior. He didn't judge them. 
He wasn't shocked by them. Jesus didn't hold people to unfair expectations. He was realistic about the people who came into his life. So how do you ever get over being easily offended? You start by lowering your expectations. We are all sinners. We are all broken. We all mess up. People are going to let you down. That is just a fact. And so that's the first step. And then the next step in becoming unoffendable is to raise your gratitude to God. Raise your gratitude to God. Lower your expectations of people, but raise your gratitude to God. If we were all together, I'd love to just see a a showing of hands. uh, You know, how many of us have never, ever sinned? Right? How many of us have, have never, ever, ever sinned? You've never done anything wrong. You've never lied. You've never cheated. You've never looked lustfully. You've never envied. You've never been greedy. You've never gossiped on a friend. Who amongst us can say that? None of us can say that. None of us can say that. But if that's true, if that's true of us, how do we become right with God? In the Bible, we learn that there's nothing that we can do. It is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourself. It is a gift that is given by God. In other words, it's not because you were so good or holy or had it all together or anything like that. It's not because you did everything right. You are right because of what God did. You are right with God because of nothing that you did. It was a gift that God gave so that no one, no one can ever boast in his or her goodness. It is by grace. It's because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. It is his perfection. It is because of his righteousness. It is because of his goodness. It is his grace that makes us right with God. It's not our goodness. So lower your expectations and raise your gratitude to God. This is how we live an unoffendable life. Now this week, someone's going to tick you off. Someone is going to tick you off. Someone's going to say something to you or they're going to do something to you, or maybe even worse, they're going to do something to someone that you love, and you're going to be offended, or you're going to want to be offended. And what are you going to do in that moment? Will you choose to pick it up and hold on to that offense, or will you choose to practice laying it down? One way to lay down the offense is to remember that God has forgiven you. You are not perfect, and neither is the person person standing in front of you who's uh, caused the offense. And that isn't a get-out-of-jail-free card, by the way. Me saying that isn't you just letting them off the hook. It doesn't mean that they can walk all over you or that they uh, should be allowed to abuse you or hurt you. It doesn't mean you shouldn't have safe boundaries. But outside of an abusive situation, can you lower your expectations of people and can you raise your gratitude to God? In a moment, we're all going to share together and We're going to pray at the close of this message. And I'm going to ask that we ask God for forgiveness. That God forgives us for our sin, the sin that separates us from God, and that we welcome, that we welcome God's grace into our lives that that helps us, that helps us and allows us to stop being offended. Our anger doesn't bring about God's righteousness in our life. That only comes by love. And so together, let's ask God for more love and for less anger and to be less offended. Let's pray. Uh, Father God in heaven, we are so thankful that you are with us. We thank you that your Holy Spirit is here and that you guide us. 
God, we confess that we are a people of anger. Lord, we are easily offended and we are easily hurt. And Lord, in those moments when we feel that way, when we feel that tug towards being offended, uh, Lord, we pray that you would remind us of our own sin, that you would remind us of our own need of your grace, that you would remind us, Lord, that we are people who are loved by you and that we would learn how to extend that love to others. God, forgive us of our sin as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And we pray for this forgiveness, and we pray that not only would we receive your forgiveness, but God, we would turn around and we would offer that forgiveness to others, offer them grace and offer them hope as you have put those things into our lives. And teach us, Lord God, how to be people who are unoffendable. We pray this today in Jesus' name. Amen. So friends, as you go out from here, I pray that you will lower your expectations of others, that you will raise your gratitude to God, because that is how we can all live an unoffendable life. Amen.